Hello everyone, welcome to Millennial Learns. Thank you all so much for tuning in to today's episode. It is the Thursday, which means we are doing the history of a state. Now, if you're new, welcome. We are going through the history of each state in the order that it joined the Union. So we are on number 30, which is Wisconsin. Apparently I I have been told that I say Wisconsin weirdly. Some people say Wisconsin. Some people say Wisconsin, and I'm on team Wisconsin. So maybe to the Wisconsin natives, that is not correct, but that is how I pronounce it. So we're going to go over all the fun facts, all the state symbols, the historical timeline, geography, climate, all of that. So I appreciate you being here, and let's get into the episode. Okay, so before any of the major historical stuff, let's go over just some basic facts about what and where Wisconsin is current day. So the capital of Wisconsin is Madison, Wisconsin, and and it became a state on May 29th, 1848. Wisconsin is named Wisconsin because it says that the name might have come from a Native American word, Meskensing meaning roughly it lies red or this stream meanders through something red. It probably refers to the state's reddish sandstone. So like most of these state names, uh, a lot of them go back to Native American words. Their state motto is simply forward, one of the shorter ones. And the nickname is the Badger State. So um, I found on National Geographic Kids, they do a great like geography and uh, give some background on each state. So theirs is very informative. And I will, again, I will link all of these um, links down below. But this says that although badgers live throughout Wisconsin, the animal isn't the reason for the name the Badger State. Badger was a nickname for the 19th century miners who cut into Wisconsin's hills to find lead and then slept in their caves, just the way badgers burrow to create dens. I love these nicknames that are really kind of like underlying like that, where, okay, you would think that, yes, maybe it's just because there's a lot of badgers, but no, it's actually like this whole deeper thing that's rooted in the history of the state. So very, very cool nickname. Okay, the population as of 2020 is 5.8 million people and it ranks 31st in population density, so not super high. And then let's talk about the geography because it has a decent amount of diverse geography throughout the state. So in terms of where, like what states it's bordered by, Wisconsin is bordered by Minnesota, Michigan, uh, and Lake Superior in the north. Lake Michigan borders it to the east, Illinois borders it to the south, and then Iowa and Minnesota border Wisconsin to the west. It says, although Minnesota is called the land of 10,000 lakes, Wisconsin has more than 15,000. These lakes were created during the last ice age about 12,000 years ago when glaciers scraped across the land, and the state is divided into five geographical areas. So, the first one that we will talk about is the Lake Superior Lowland or Lowland. It is right in the northernmost part of Wisconsin. It's mostly flatland that slopes down towards the edge of Lake Superior. 
and the Apostle Islands are off of that coast. Okay, then we have the Northern Highland, or Highland, I guess, which covers almost a third of the state. It spreads across like all of northern Wisconsin, other than, you know, that tiny upper Lake Superior lowland. So it spreads across northern Wisconsin. It slopes downward. The land is filled with woodlands and lakes and includes Wisconsin's highest point, which is Tim's Hill. Then there is what is called the Central Plain, which is a U-shaped fertile region that stretches from the northwest to the northeast, dipping through the middle of the state. It contains a glacier-carved sandstone, sandstone gorge called the Dells Wisconsin River, plus flat top hills, buttes. Oh, plus flat top hills, which are called buttes and mesas. So the Central Plain is like very kind of diverse in its geography. The eastern side of the state is named the Eastern Ridges and Lowlands, with gentle hills and some of the world's best farmland. farmland. <laughs> Sandy beaches and bluffs lie along the edge of Lake Michigan. So those are the geographical regions of the state. As for the climate, so it's interesting because I've always thought of Wisconsin as like somewhat comfortable, although I'm learning how terrible the winter is in the, you know, Midwest and like these northern states because the summer seems pretty good and no stat seems that bad other than like the winter low and the comfort index in winter, like the winters are definitely bad. So the climate, they get 34 inches of rain. The U.S. average is 38 inches. There are 48 inches of snow per year. And the U.S. national average is 28 inches, so a lot of snow. 188 sunny days uh, is what Wisconsin gets. The national average is 205, so less sunny days than normal. The summer high is 81 degrees. The winter low is 7 degrees, making the total comfort index 6.5. Now they baseline it off of America being a 7.0. So that means that Wisconsin is less comfortable than the average state. And honestly, by a pretty significant amount, like most most states hang around like 6.8 if they're a little bit lower. 6.5 is pretty, pretty low. So unless you really like winter, um, it might not be the best. I mean, I'm sure there's there's a lot of other great things about the state that we will go into, but uh, at least weather-wise, if you don't like winter, this might not be your state. The comfort index in the summer is 9.2, so very comfortable, but 3.9 in the winter, which is just really awful. June, July, and August are the best to visit. January and December are the worst. It's also not often that you see June, July, and August, like all through summer, be the best months of a state. Usually it's like spring and fall because the summer gets too hot. Not the case in Wisconsin the heat of the summer is actually considered the most comfortable here. So that is definitely different than a few other states that we've seen. Okay, let's talk about the timeline. So I found this great historical timeline that's pretty detailed in on this website called, and I don't know how to pronounce this, legis or legis.wisconsin.gov. And it goes all the way from like the First Nations to, you know, current day uh, Wisconsin. And so let's read just a little bit about the First Nations. It says Wisconsin's original residents were Native American hunters who arrived here about 14,000 years ago. The area's first farmers appear to have been the Hopewell people who raised corn, squash, and pumpkins around 2,000 years ago. 
They were also hunters and fishers, and their trade routes stretched to the Atlantic coast and the Gulf of Mexico. Later arrivals included the Chippewa, Ho-Chunk, uh, Muncie, Menominee, On Oneida, Potawatomi, and Sioux. So those were the first people who were here. And then it says the written history of the state began uh, with the accounts of French explorers. The French explored areas of Wisconsin, named places, and established trading posts. However, they were interested in the fur trade rather than agricultural settlement and were never present in large numbers. So we will start out the timeline in the 1600s where it says that in 1634, Jean Nicolet became the first known European to reach Wisconsin. Again, a very French name. So he was a French explorer that came into the area. From 1654 to 1659, Pierre Esprit Radisson and Madar Chouard de Carrossier uh, became the first known fur traders in the current day state. The first missionary named Father Rene Madard, or Madard, I think it is, uh, arrived in 1661. And then another mission was founded in 1665 by Father Claude. Alouet, um, and he founded a mission at La Pointe, La Pointe or La Pointe. Um, in 1668, Nicolas Perrault opened a fur trade with Wisconsin Indians near Green Bay. And then um, in 1672, Father Alouet and Father Louis Andre built the St. Francis Xavier mission at De Pere. So lots of missions getting set up by the French. Okay, 1673, Louis Joliet and Father Jacques Marquette traveled the length of the Mississippi River. And then, so yeah, there's a lot of French exploring now. So then also in 1679, another man named Daniel Gracelon Sur de Luth, which is Duluth, like translated to Duluth. Um, explored the western end of Lake Superior. In 1689, Perot asserted the sovereignty of France over various Wisconsin Indian tribes. And then in 1690, lead mines were discovered in both Wisconsin and Iowa. So basically, that's what the 1600s kind of consisted of. It was basically like all French exploration and fur trading, um, like the little synopsis said. Okay. In the 1700s, 1701 to 1738, the Fox Indian Wars occurred. I'm pretty sure we've talked, like, at least touched on these in other podcasts. But again, I want to do a whole podcast on some of these lesser known, like, wars um, before, you know, during the settlement of the U.S. Because there's a lot of these little ones uh, that I really don't know anything about. So I'll be doing a, a podcast about that. In 1775, the Wisconsin Indians under Charles Langlade helped defeat British General Braddock during the French and Indian War. And then in 1763, the Treaty of Paris was signed, which officially made Wisconsin part of the British colonial territory. However, the Indians in Wisconsin did not like this and they staged a revolt against the, it says, new and comparatively more hostile British regime. I feel like, again, we talked about this in a different podcast episode, but yeah, it was like the French really tried to, from the sounds of it, tried to like work with the native people that were already there. 
and really tried to like cooperate with them and then once the British took over they were definitely more hostile and treated them worse so sounds like it's consistent with this group of natives as well Okay, Charles Langlade, who we have heard of before, in 1764, um, he settled Green Bay, and he was later known as the father of Wisconsin. So he was very, very influential. In 1766, Jonathan Carver explored various sites along the Mississippi River, including a Fox Indian settlement at Prairie du Chien. Um... 1774, the Quebec Act made Wisconsin a part of the province of Quebec. So I think this is the first state that we've talked about the province of Quebec because all of these other states were either part of the U.S. like pretty early on or part of the Northwest Territory um, or were at least a territory. Yeah, were I guess at least a... What am I trying to say? I guess nothing was part of the Northwest Ordinance at this point, but... Anyway, this is like one of the first province of Quebec colonies or territories that we have seen. It was until 1783 that the Second Treaty of Paris was signed, which made Wisconsin a U.S. territory. Okay, and here's where the Northwest Ordinance comes in. So 1787, under the Northwest Ordinance of 1787, Wisconsin was made part of the Northwest Territory. The governing units for the Wisconsin area prior to statehood were this. So... Here's the rundown of like what territories each like Wisconsin was a part of throughout its time before being a state. Because like a lot of these, it shifted. So the definition for each territory really shifted. So from 1787 to 1800, Wisconsin was part of the Northwest Territory. From 1800 to 1809, it was then part of the Indiana Territory. Then when Indiana split off and it was renamed, from 1809 to 1818, it was then part of the Illinois Territory. When Illinois split off to its own state, that was renamed to the Michigan Territory, which Wisconsin was part of Michigan Territory from 1818 to 1836. Then from 1836 to 1848, it was finally renamed the Wisconsin Territory, and then it became a state. All right, 1795, Jacques Vieux established a trading post at Milwaukee and outposts at Kiwani, Manitowoc, and Sheboygan. Okay, now we are to another um, milestone or a little synopsis in this timeline where it says, under the flag of Great Britain. <clears throat> so this says, Wisconsin experienced few changes under British control. It remained the western edge of the European... Wait, it remained the western edge of European penetration into the American continent, important only as a source of valuable furs for export. French traders plied their trade, and British and colonial traders began to appear, but Europeans continued to be visitors rather than settlers. Then it talks about how they achieved territorial status. It says, in spite of the Second Treaty of Paris, Wisconsin remained British in all but title after the War of 1812 or until after the War of 1812. In 1815, the American army established control. Gradually, the British extinguished Indian title to the southeastern half of the state. Lead mining brought the first heavy influx of settlers and ended the dominance of the fur trade in the economy of the area. 
The lead mining period ran from about 1824 to 1861. Almost half of the 11,683 people who lived in the territory in 1836 were residents of the lead mining district in the southwestern corner of the state. So for a very long time, Wisconsin was basically known for fur trading and lead mining. And that was pretty much it. Like, not a ton of people um, settled until then. Okay, so this kind of goes into more detail of what that kind of just said, but um, in 1804, William Henry Harrison's treaty with Indians at St. Louis extinguished Indian title to the land in the lead region, which eventually became a contributing cause of the Black Hawk War. And I think the Black Hawk War was the one that I wanted to research originally, but it, it falls under the same category of as <clears throat> wait it falls into the category of the wars that i do not know <laughs> very much about that i need to learn about in 1815 the war of 1812 concluded leading to the abandonment of fort mckay which was formerly fort shelby by the british 1816 astor's american fur company began operation in wisconsin um, and then 1820, Reverend Jedediah Morse traveled to the Green Bay area to report on Indian tribes to the U.S. Secretary of War. Um, this also mentions that in that same year of 1820, Lewis Cass, James Dwayne Doty, and Henry Schoolcraft made an exploratory trip through Wisconsin during that year. Okay. Uh, 1821, Oneida, Stockbridge, Muncie, and Brothertown tribes began migrating to Wisconsin from the New York area. And then the following year in 1822, the first mining leases in Southwest Wisconsin were issued. So that's when the mining really started kicking off. 1825, a treaty concluded at Prairie du Chien, which established tribal boundaries. And then 1827, the Winnebago War began and quickly ended with the surrender of Chief Redbird to the U.S. Uh, again, a smaller war that I don't know anything about, so need to research. And then in 1832, the Black Hawk War occurred. So, uh, for the Black Hawk War, again, the contributing factor was back in 1804, which was the um, when the... Indian titles were um, extinguished. That's what led to eventually this war 28 years later. Okay, 1833, the second treaty of Chicago between the U.S. and the Potawatomi granted the U.S. government the land between Lake Michigan and Lake Winnebago. Um, the first Wisconsin newspaper, which was called the Green Bay Intelligencer, was established also in that year of 1833. All right, the first public road was laid in 1834, as well as land offices being established in Green Bay and Mineral Point. And then the first steamboat arrived um, in 1835. That arrived in Milwaukee. And then the first bank also opened in 1835 uh, in Green Bay. All right, here's a synopsis about the Wisconsin Territory. So now we're at the point of it being its own territory, which is like the lead up basically of it becoming a state. So it says, Wisconsin's population had reached 305,000 by 1850. Newcomers were primarily migrants from New York and New England or immigrants from England, Scotland, Ireland, Germany, and Scandinavia. 
New York's Erie Canal gave Wisconsin a water outlet to the Atlantic Ocean and a route for new settlers. Wheat was the primary cash crop for most of the newcomers. State politics revolved around factions headed by James Doty and Henry Dodge. As political parties developed, the Democrats proved dominant throughout the period. Okay. Then it gives a little synopsis about the early statehood once um, they obtained statehood in 1848. So it says heavy immigration continued and the state remained largely agricultural. Slavery, banking laws, and temperance were the major political issues of the period. Despite the number of foreign immigrants, most political leaders continued to have ties to the northeastern U.S. and New York state laws and institutions provided models for much of the activity of the early legislative, legislative sessions. Control shifted from the Democrats to the Republicans during this period. Okay, so back to the timeline. We are now at 1836. All right, at this point, I'm switching to a second timeline because while that other one was very good and informative for, you know, up till this point, it has like 12 more pages to it, you know, going from 1838 to present day. And we just don't need that amount of detail, you know? So I found this other one from eReference Desk. They're pretty much a staple in my research of states. They always have a, a decent timeline at least. So um, this one looks pretty good. So we're gonna go on eReference Desk from here. So this says that the discovery of lead in 1836 results in the creation of the territory of Wisconsin, which included, which included lands west of the Mississippi River to the Missouri River. Much of the western portion was later transferred to the Iowa Territory, which was created in 1838. It says an act creating the Territory of Wisconsin was signed on April 20th by President Andrew Jackson. Okay, the capital at this point is located at Belmont, and Henry Dodge is appointed the first governor on the 4th of July by President Andrew Jackson. The first session of the legislature also happens that year in 1836, and um, Madison ends up being chosen that year as the permanent capital. The next year, Madison is surveyed and uh, platted, it says, but basically it's surveyed and they start construction on the first capitol building. Then there was a panic of 1837, which we've talked about a little bit in other state podcast episodes, but all territorial banks failed in 1837. There was like this huge financial crisis um, so that also affected Wisconsin as it was one of the territories. Also that year, the Winnebago Indians ceded all claims to land in Wisconsin. And, um, there was, there used to be a rule that you can be imprisoned for having debt and not paying it back. And that was abolished also in 1837. Okay. Milwaukee and Rock River Canal Company uh, were chartered in 1838. The first school taxes were developed in 1840. And also in 1840, this is when a lot of foreigners start arriving from Germany and New York. Okay. Uh, 1844, there is a utopian colony, it says, called the Wisconsin Phalanx. Phalanx? Um, that was established at Ceresco or Caresco. Um, and that was, yeah, again, it was supposed to be this utopian colony that was established in Wisconsin. 
There was a Mormon settlement that came about in 1845, and then a Swiss colony um, was established also in 1845. 1846, Congress passed uh, the Enabling Act for admission of Wisconsin as a state, and the first Constitutional Convention met in Madison also in 1846. That first constitution was rejected by the people in 1847, so a second constitutional convention was held in 1847. And then in 1848, Wisconsin becomes the nation's 30th state. So uh, a state university is incorporated that same year. That also, also the same year in 1848, the first telegram reached Milwaukee. And then it says that this is the year that large-scale German immigration began. Okay, um, the school code was adopted in 1849, and then the first free tax-supported graded school with high school began at Kenosha, also in 1849. In 1850, the bond law for controlling the sale of liquor passed, and then the state opened the Wisconsin Institute for the Education of the Blind at Janesville, also in 1850. The first railroad and the first state fair started in 1851. There was a school for the deaf that opened in 1852. And then there was a prison that began construction also in 1852. Um, capital punishment was abolished in 1853. That was the third state to do that um, in the US. But so they were pretty quick on the uptake for that one. The Republican Party was named at a meeting in Ripon, Ripon, uh, Wisconsin. The first class graduated at the State University in 1854. And then the, let's see. Um, I'm trying to find some, some good ones that aren't like too much information. Okay, uh, 1857. The railroad was completed to Prairie du Chien, and then the Industrial School for Boys opened in Waukesha, uh, Wisconsin, in, also in 1857. All right, uh, 1859, Abraham Lincoln spoke at the State Fair in Milwaukee, and then 1861, of course, is the beginning of the Civil War. Um, it says the governor called for volunteers for military service. There was a bank riot in Milwaukee, and the Office of County Superintendent of Schools was created. So lots happening as the Civil War um, started to occur. 90,000 men from Wisconsin served in the Union Army forces during the Civil War. Uh, there were draft riots in 1862. Um, let's see. Edward G. Ryan's address at the Democratic Convention criticized Lincoln's conduct of war. That was... Um, I believe he was a Wisconsiner. Okay, 1864, a cheese factory was started at Ladoga Fond du Lac County by Chester Hazen. As we know, Wisconsin is very, very into cheese. They're known for their cheese. And this was, I believe, the first cheese factory in the state. Okay, uh, an agricultural college at... Um, wait, agricultural college at university reorganized under moral act. So a um, little reorganization of education there. They have a lot of 
education bullet points on this timeline. In 1872, the Wisconsin Dairymen's Association was organized at Watertown, Wisconsin. Again, this plays into the modern day reputation of Wisconsin being a big dairy uh, state. The mention of the typewriter happened in 1873 by a Wisconsin native, C. Latham Shoals, and the Patrons of Husbandry, an agricultural organization nicknamed the Grangers, elected Governor William R. Taylor. Again, uh, if you watch Little House on the Prairie, the Grangers were like a big part of the plot at one point in a few of those episodes. Pa was, I believe, part of the Grangers at one point. Okay, 1875, the free high school law passed, and then women became eligible for election to school boards. Oshkosh was almost destroyed by fire, and then the State Industrial School for Girls was established at Milwaukee. Um, okay, 1882, the Constitution was amended to make legislative sessions biennial, so I think that means... What is biennial? Hold on, let me do a real-time Google, because <laughs> I do not know what that word means. Occurring every two years. Okay, so the legislative sessions were that now two years apart. The first hydroelectric plant was established at Appleton in 1882. All right, 1883, a major hotel fire at the Newhall House in Milwaukee killed 71 people. And the south wing of the Capitol extension collapsed. Seven were killed. Um, so not a good year for Wisconsin. Um, let's see. Okay, 1886, strikes related to the eight-hour workday movement at Milwaukee culminate in a confrontation with the militia at Bayview. Five were killed in those strikes. Marshfield was then almost destroyed by a fire in 188. 87. Uh, Wisconsin Supreme Court in the Edgerton Bible case prohibited reading and prayers from the King James Bible in public schools in 1889. So I thought that was kind of more of a recent thing, the like banning of prayers in schools, but turns out in Wisconsin it was happening already in 1889. Although it did specify the King James Bible, so I wonder if you could do it from like other translations. I don't know, it's kind of interesting. Okay, um, 1890, Stephen M. Babcock invents quick, easy, and accurate tests for milk butterfat content. So I don't know if this would necessarily be like national news, but with Wisconsin being the dairy headquarters that it is, this is uh, very big for their um, industry, so. 1891, the Bennett Law is repealed after bitter opposition from German Protestants and Catholics. And then the, in 19, or sorry, 1893, Wisconsin Supreme Court ordered state treasurer to refund to the state interest on state deposits, which had customarily been retained by treasurers. So again, this is like a very niche sort of thing. Um, there were forest fires in northern and central Wisconsin in 1894. Then um, in 1898, Wisconsin sent over 5,000 men to fight in the Spanish-American War. 134 Wisconsin, I think they're called Wisconsiners or Wisconsians. Um, 
134 Wisconsin men died. Okay, 1900, Wisconsin's first state park, uh, which was the on the interstate near St. Croix Falls, was established. That was 1900. Um, the first Wisconsin-born governor, Robert M. La Follette, was inaugurated in 1901. Until then, they had been like immigrants over since it was a territory. And so this is the first actually Wisconsin-born governor. The teaching of agriculture was introduced into rural schools also in that same year. And then um, in 1904, the state capitol caught on fire and burned and was destroyed. That didn't start reconstruction until 1907 when the current capitol building construction began. Uh, 1908, the income tax was uh, amendment was adopted. So an income tax started in Wisconsin, 1908. Um, let's see. Milwaukee elected Emil Seidel, or Seidel, who was the first socialist to mayor. And that was in 1910. 1911 was a pretty, um, you know, big year. The first income tax law went into effect. There was a teacher's pension act that went into effect. Vocational schools were authorized. And then the industrial and highway commissions were created as well as the workman compensation act was enacted so a lot of like social work sort of focused change happened in 1911. Uh, the conservation commission state board of agriculture and the state board of education were created in 1815. the capital was completed in 1917 and then 120,000 Wisconsin soldiers served in World War One. Wisconsin was the first state to meet draft requirements um, also during the war. All right, prohibition was ratified in 1919, and then uh, the 19th Amendment was ratified. Uh, well, I guess it wasn't specific to Wisconsin, but it affected Wisconsin, so both the 18th Amendment and the 19th Amendment passed in 1919 and 1920. That's prohibition and women's uh, suffrage. However, um, Wisconsin was actually the first state to deliver ratification to Washington about women's suffrage. So the 19th Amendment, they were the first to ratify. Um, in 1921, equal rights for women and prohibition laws were enacted. So even though the amendments had passed a year or two before, uh, that's when it went into effect. Okay. Uh, 1929, Professor Harry Steenbach of University of Wisconsin patented radiation of vitamin D. Uh, the legislature at this point also repealed all Wisconsin laws for state enforcement of prohibition. Again, this is 1929, so prohibition lasted about 10 years, 10, 11 years there. At least for Wisconsin, like as a state, they weren't going to enforce it anymore. Okay, um, Wisconsin becomes the first state to pass an Unemployment Compensation Act in 1932. And then 1933, dairy farmers undertook a milk strike to protest the low prices. And meanwhile, Wisconsin voted for the repeal of the 18th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. So again, they, the legislature said that they're not going to, have to enforce the prohibition laws in 1929. But it didn't like make its way up to voting, you know, 
like as a whole for the U.S. Constitution till 1933. So it was like four solid years that everyone it was not everyone in Wisconsin, but like the legislature was not on board anymore. Four years before it actually got changed. So prohibition would have been a crazy time to live through. Okay, 1934, the Wisconsin Progressive Party was formed. Um, the governor-elect, so this guy Loomis was going to be the governor-elect, or, you know, he was elected, and in, during his waiting period, he died. Um, the Supreme Court then stepped in and decided that Lieutenant Governor Goodland would serve as the acting governor. All right, 1941 to 45 was World War II, 375,000 uh men and women i think women yeah it just says 375,000 so men and women um enrolled for to fight in world war ii 7,900 almost 8,000 really um people died who were from wisconsin during the war the wisconsin progressive party dissolved and rejoined the republican party and then um, let's see. Then the Korean War was in 1950. 132,000 uh, were drafted for that. Um, some of these are so niche that I don't know. Uh, Frank Lloyd Wright died in 1959. Um. Okay, 1962, selective sales tax and income tax withholding enacted. Wait, selective sales tax and income tax withholding were enacted. Okay, that made much more sense how I wrote that the second time. Um, let's see. So then there was the Kohler Company strike. So this is, this is kind of interesting. The Kohler Company had been striking since 1954. That's when the strike began. It was finally settled in 1962. Can you imagine working for that company the entire time and just for eight years striking? That's nuts. So, but that happened from 18, 1954 to 1962. They were on strike. Okay. The in 1964, two National Farmers Organization or two members of the National Farmers Organization were killed in a demonstration at Bonduel Stockyard. And then the office of the county superintendent of schools was abolished, but cooperative educational service uh, agencies created was created to provide regional services. Okay, in 1965, this school compulsory attendance age was raised to 18. So before then, you didn't have to go to school till 18. After that was the, the new age, you had to go. And that's why we graduate uh, at 18, basically. Um, uh, state law prevented discrimination in housing. That was also in 1965. And then, let's see... The Wisconsin Supreme Court upheld the Milwaukee Braves baseball team move to Atlanta. Um, and then it says there was a grand jury investigation of illegal lobbying activities in the legislature and resulting in 13 indictments. So that was between 1965 and 1966. 
Okay, there was um, race riding in 1967, so like getting to uh, the civil rights movement. So as with other states, there were a lot of race riots, um, a lot of marches. Then there were anti-war protests at the University of Wisconsin. Um, those culminate in riots with injuries. Okay. Uh, 1968, 90 black students expelled from Wisconsin State University, Oshkosh, when December demonstration damaged the administrative building. And then Wisconsin's first heart transplant was performed at St. Luke's Hospital in Milwaukee, also in 1968. Then the first successful bone marrow transplant was also performed by a team of scientists and surgeons at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. So lots of medical stuff happened in 1968. Um, okay, there were student strikes at UW and Madison, which demanded black students, uh, department, hold on, student strikes at UW and Madison demanded black students department. Oh, some, some things in this timeline are worded terribly, but basically the students wanted a black studies department. So they were demonstrating and striked, um, for that reason. The National Guard had to be brought into those strikes and um, sounds like it was like on the verge of riot, but the National Guard was called in to maintain order. Okay. The state constitutional amendment was adopted that permitted bingo in 1973. So that's pretty fun. A lot of these are like very um, in-depth, you know, financial acts and stuff, which um, I'm not sure. Oh, 1974, the Democrats swept all constitutional offices and gained control of both houses uh, in 1975 for the first time since 1893. Then the Vietnam War came. Um, tw about 1,200 uh, Wisconsin's, or oh, Wisconsinites, it says here. So 1,200 Wisconsinites were killed, 165,000 uh, were drafted. Okay, the first state employees union strike lasted 15 days. Again, the National Guard uh, came in to restore order. That was in 1977. Okay. Let's see. The U.S. Supreme Court ruled against Wisconsin's historic open primary in 1981. So that had been happening for a long time. And then... Um, yeah, they got rid of that in 1981, that primary. Laws enacted in 1982 uh, included extensions in the Fair Employment Law, an employee's right to know law pertaining to toxic substances in the workplace, um, and a historic preservation law. So again, a lot of workers' rights things happening in the whole 1900s. Um... The UW-Madison School of Veterinary Medicine enrolled its first class in 1983. And then from here, it's a lot of just national tragedies like tornadoes, Milwaukee air crash killed 31, um, farmland values dropped across the state. Um, so I think that is pretty much it. Oh, 1990, the Persian Gulf crisis occurred and 1400 Wisconsin National Guard and reserve soldiers were called in 
there were 11 casualties in that conflict. Um, a lot of this is like based on milk prices. Like a lot of things in here were based on either farm prices or milk prices. So there, for example, in 1991, the price of raw milk hit lowest point since 1978. Um, so that's like big news. The agriculture is really a big deal um, in Wisconsin. And in a lot of these states where agriculture is like their main thing. 1995, Republicans won control of the state assembly for the first time since 1970. Um, the, and then 1996, Governor Thompson's new welfare reform plan, known as Wisconsin Works W-2, received national attention. I wonder if that's the same W-2 as, like, why we have to fill out our W-2 forms. Sounds like it. So, that's interesting. Okay, and then let's see if there's anything in the 2000s that we had. Um, no, there was a winter storm that dumped two feet in 2011. No, the other ones are pretty financially motivated. Like, here's an example of a financial one. In the year 2000, the legislature approved a local sales tax and revenue bonds for the renovation of Lambeau Field, home of the Green Bay Packers. Like, that's on their state historical timeline. I just don't think that's that important. So there's a lot of those like that, but I tried to pull out the main uh, big ones that you would really want to know. So that is the state history of Wisconsin. Very, very interesting state, especially because, yes, as you can tell through all of that, they're very focused on cheese and milk and all that. So, all right, it is now time for our famous people from the state. So famous people from Wisconsin, let's run through them really quick. Henry Houdini, Pee Wee King, Gene Wilder, Chris Farley, Mark Ruffalo, and Rachel Brosnahan are all from the great state of Wisconsin. All right, state symbols. Let's go to this. Okay. I'm just gonna rattle them off because there's actually a lot. Like, for ones like last week, which is, you know, it was Iowa, um, they only had like four state symbols. So I really was able to go through and tell you when the years were, you know, when they were adopted and all that kind of thing. There are a lot of state symbols of Wisconsin, so we're just gonna rattle them off kind of quick. Okay, the state flower is the wood violet. State tree is the sugar maple. State animal is the badger. State bird is the robin. State fish is the muscalunge. I think I'm pronouncing that right. The state dog is the American water spaniel. State insect is the honeybee. State domestic animal is the dairy cow. And the state wildlife animal is the white-tailed deer. There's more. State, uh, state symbol of peace is the mourning dove. Uh, state fossil is the trilobite. I usually don't go over state fossils because I don't know any fossils. State rock is red granite. Um, state beverage, of course, is milk. This is the one where it's like valid, you know? Like sometimes I, like every state does milk and it's like, I get it. You make milk, but you don't make as much milk as Wisconsin, you know? Wisconsin's makes sense. You can have milk. State fruit is the cranberry. Uh, state grain is corn. State pastry is a Kringle. State dance is polka. State dairy product 
is cheese. I was hoping cheese would make a state symbol um, and they did. So those are the state symbols. There's also like the state tartan, uh, state coat of arms and seal. Um, but those are kind of visual. So I will skip those. All right. And the last thing that I want to talk about for this Wisconsin episode is what to do in Wisconsin. If you're planning a trip, what should you do? Okay. Number one on this list, this is from midwestliving.com. So I feel like they're a trusted source, uh, is the Frank Lloyd Wright sites. It says no architect packed more drama into life into a life than Frank Lloyd Wright, who left a thousand stories in a collection of Midwest sites open for tours. So there are a bunch of different um, sites that he made that you can go tour. There's like four of them listed um, on this one uh, item on the list. So that would be a really good one. Also, Lake Geneva is a very good site to see. It says the famously clear Geneva Lake, ringed by resorts, vacation homes, and the 19th century mansions, is anchored by the town of Lake Geneva on its east end. Stroll the lakeshore path, seek fun on the water, or head into town for restaurants, shops, and more. So that seems really fun. Then there is the Olbrich or Olbrich Botanical Gardens. It's 16 acres of outdoor gardens. Um, including a full two-acre rose garden that um, has all sorts of different varieties. Um, so that one looks really good. It says, be sure to see the Thai pavilion crafted without nails or screws by Thai artisans. So you can see some very unique things there. Then there's the Kohler's, it says Kohler's relaxing atmosphere. It says a tidy village of 2000 is a quiet place to relax. This is 56 miles north of Milwaukee. Um, there's a great, actually there's four great golf courses that are in this little uh, town. So if you want a more relaxing like golf vibe, that's a, definitely a good one. The Air Venture Show and Museum is also in Wisconsin. Uh, it's in Oshkosh and Let's see, it says the Experimental Aircraft Association's annual end of July air venture celebration at Whitman Regional Airport in Oshkosh has an unrivaled collection of planes. Um, so it has like, yeah, I'll show, maybe I'll show the picture on my Instagram, but it looks, these planes look amazing. So that'd be really fun. That's kind of a more time sensitive one because it the show only happens once a year. Uh, the Harley Davidson Museum and Factory is also in Wisconsin. So that would be cool to go see. Let's see any more. Oh, and then the Southern Hills is like this farm country. It's a, it says the lush farm country south and west of Madison aligns perfectly with travel trends toward fresh food and active green artsy pursuits. So the picture that they're showing is like this very cute little street with little shops and everything. So um, kind of a cute window shopping area. So all of these sound really, really good. I do want to visit Wisconsin, but make sure you go in the summer because the winter seems like it'll be snowing in like five degrees. So, um, but Wisconsin has a very interesting history, very interesting, like, you know, culture. I knew a few people from Wisconsin at work and they would just go like in college, hang out at cheese factories, like, because they would, I think put like beer and you could drink there and eat cheese curds and, that just sounds like the dream. So I'm really interested in actually going and seeing it for myself. So that's all for today's episode. Thank you all so much for tuning in and I will see you on Monday with another podcast episode. 
Bye, everyone.